Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to this episode of the Button Press Show. My name is Mushambo Kinyoro Henry. Uh, today we are uh, having a very interesting discussion. And the discussion is going to be on the presidential bid, security, elections, civil responsibility, security responsibility and the electoral commission in the uh, electoral process. Ladies and gentlemen, today uh, my guest is not very alien to the show, Mr. Kim Wampamba, who is a practicing journalist. Wampamba, I want to also welcome you to the show today and thank you for making time every time we ask you to be on the show. Thank you for the invitation, Mashambo. I'm glad to be alive. Okay, so we shall get uh, straight into our discussion today. Um, the presidential bid, we have about uh, 11 presidential candidates. Uh, some people have termed some strong and uh, others weak. I don't want to use the word weak, but maybe not as advantaged as others. What is your observation of the presidential bid? What is your analysis? Well, uh, right from the onset, I think we should be able to make ourselves aware mm. the constitution and the different things that have been taking place within the confines of constitutionalism, yes. constitutionality of this country. It should be noted that at this uh, the constitution was amended to allow for um, anyone to be able to to vie for the presidential seat uh, that's if at all they are over 18 years of age and uh, the age cap was incidentally spent now what that presents in itself is uh, the is the complex dynamics that move within the confines of the constitution that incidentally get to present a problem that extends for a young democracy just as ours. I uh, will remember the plebiscite that happened in around 2000 to allow for uh, to allow for the scrapping of the term limits, yes. which was one of the safety valves that are within the constitution and then we'll move further in around 2016 uh, in around 2018 yes. to be sure that the case will remove also the age cap so that gets to present to you a problem of very many presidential candidates okay. now is, to is the context there a problem of having many presidential candidates isn't it even I think, better having uh, many? I think I think I think it is it, it would have been the problem of numbers, but the problem, uh, the, the issue ought to lie in uh, the reason and where we do uh, envision ourselves or where we envisage this country to be going. So the numbers do not count, or it's not a notion of numbers, it should, it should be a notion of ideologies and uh, the beauty in the manifesto. Remember, I shared with you on this show the other time that. Uh, uh, I think it is uh, to, to the Ugandans, it hasn't been a question of ideologies or the beauty of the manifesto. And I think I'll re echo the same or reverberate the same on this show that I don't think Ugandans appeal to the manifesto or the beauty of uh, the, the, I mean, the set agenda of a particular presidential candidate. So, in that particular context, I seek to move to uh, a notion of I think Ugandans do not due to the beauty of the manifesto. Let us go to the issue that I think is pertinent to this particular discussion, the issue of um, uh, the, the challenges that are faced by the different presidential candidates. I think I can pretty well remember that uh, we are, uh, there were several things that, uh, there were several suggestions that were put on the table I said, that is the Citizens Coalition for Electoral Democracy in Uganda, and the number of political pundits about organizing a presidential election mm. after such a period of COVID-19. Mm. And uh, some of these were never taken into action. Some of these were never taken 
are ill by the people that 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 have this country mm. so that wasn't considered so also gets to present another thing uh, another problem and now the independent electoral commission at least independent as per the constitution okay uh, gets to say well, we will seek to organize an election but now an election under such a context uh, the Ugandans at least will be asking is it going to be an election that seeks to provide the best when it comes to this uh, the best uh, you know, when it comes to this country or it is just being performed a ritual so those are the different things that get to that we should get to discuss and at the editorial uh, at the editorial level the media houses that we get to work for that is what at least I can be able to say are uh, these uh, the election that the Ugandan envisages or these are uh, the election that should be performed as a near ritual and uh, maybe we can start having balanced conversations around there uh, uh, Kim in a situation like this one the electoral commission is required to uh, deliver a, a, a president elect after a certain period of time um the covid 19 was um, a surprise to almost everybody nobody ever knew that at a time like this one when we are going to an election we would be in a pandemic what was the electoral commission or what was the state meant to do at such a point if an election was not the wise decision you see uh the constitution of this country is quite clear on what can be done in case there is uh, in case there is a, 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 a thing like this, and that is why you see the constitution basically speaks about a state of emergency. And uh, when uh, when we were approached by this pandemic and we registered our first case and first case of COVID nineteen, I can pretty well remember the minister. The, the, Kim, are we together? Oh, yes. So, uh, I was saying, um, at least if we can be able to pick up from the previous conversation, that to government and uh, the constitutional minister, we, we didn't seem to have a pandemic that there was nothing that would certainly warrant a state of emergency being declared over Uganda. There comes a time when you get to ask critical questions as uh, as a person because even while we are journalists, even while we try to do all this sort of work, first you are Ugandan. I, I, I want to think that uh, there was something to warrant um, postponement of this election either which it should have either been done through an amendment to the constitution which i think would have actually been accepted to by the president and uh, the, the members of parliament would have voted twice to amend the constitution to allow at least for postponement of these elections isn't that, that is, isn't that yes? isn't that the role of parliament should we say that parliament failed at its responsibility its responsibility Okay, if you want to then take it to Parliament, you want to uh, you want to, to, to also think uh, on the other side and think these particular members of Parliament align to particular political groups, which political groups ultimately hold different agendas and they will therefore seek to move forward and uh, pursue the agenda of their political parties. So I think it was not in the best interest of them political parties that they align to so none of the, the political parties had allow, interest in this uh, even if it was even if it had uh, emanated from the opposition political parties all right it wouldn't have seen certainly the light of the day because they are disadvantaged by the numbers so it wasn't the best it wasn't in the best interest at least we, we covered parliament in the month I, I was covering parliament in the months of uh, uh, June July um, some of the section uh, a, a cross section of the members of uh, parliament 
at least from the opposition were calling for postponement of these elections and but that uh, was corridor talk that wasn't yes that was corridor talk we didn't that see was, anything it wasn't, it wasn't a corridor talk mm. it wasn't a corridor talk because you want to assume uh, at least we captured uh, one of the members of parliament, Honorable uh, Semuju Ibrahim Randa, uh, John Baptist Nambeshe, um, among others, speaking about the possibility of postponement of these elections. But even still, we remember the Citizens Coalition for Electoral Democracy in Uganda said they were coming to the floor of parliament to present what they uh, to present their, their their notions about these elections, and we can still remember the different things that they said there again. So it, it, it is a question of lack of the political will to push for an agenda that was analyzed in the best interest of seeing that the elections are postponed, at least to suit the context that we are in of COVID-19. So while while there was no political will to extend the election, um, uh, we had a a new term cropping up: the scientific campaign. Do you think the scientific campaign is possible, or becoming possible, or becoming impossible? I I, I said it uh, when I was doing a morning show. I said it on the show that you know. It, it's a fashion. It's not something that you want to. It's not something that is existent. In other words, it would be decapitated by the context. You can't. Uh, uh, the electoral commission sought to come up with a new and revised roadmap. At least we covered that, and, um, uh, and I can pretty well remember the things that were coming in handy with the revised roadmap, speaking about uh, 70 people, uh, speaking about uh, 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 that the campaigns taken to the mass media and no rallies, among many other amendments or many other notions that were embedded within the revised electoral roadmap and the different, uh, all these were anchored on the different standard operating procedures and the different things that were enshrined under the Public Health Management Act that was uh, signed into law. So I this would be problematic. Meanwhile, the scientific cuts couldn't uh, are impossible. They, 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 are, they are quite something that you cannot wish to be uh, performed under such a democracy. Meanwhile, they are very hard to attain and they cannot be able to deliver the results as intended. They cannot deliver what, what, the will of the Why people. do you think they are hard to attain? One, uh, I want to think that uh, it, 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 these are the questions we raised to the Electoral Commission. The journalists as the members of the border state were telling them, hey, look, uh, who will pay for the time? Um, how will we balance the political playing field? Because some of the opposition uh, members, of uh, some of the members of the opposition trying to go to some of these radios and they are stopped. The RDC tells the station manager, tells the station manager, please, um, switch of the rain. They are intimidated. We see all these things are ex- existing. So how can we have balance or level playing field for all members? I mean, I don't want to even dwell. I don't need to belabor to, to explain some of these different things that we explain to the electoral commission or ask the electoral commission. Let's say under such a context, we require to have quote unquote scientific elections, which I think is something that does a very great disservice to this country. Elections under certain context or under the typical Ugandan context are emotive. People want to address rallies and then these different, uh, we need to know the kind of population that we are working with, we are working with young people, even some of the more people in the middle of it that want to be there to listen to their presidential candidates. So if you want to that you want to speak vehemently about the uh, scientific campaigns for which the procedures and the measures are almost unattainable or are very, very stringent and very unclear, then it really becomes a problem. It really, really becomes a problem and you just can't rely on them. Don't you think people like presidential candidate Katumba have 
become popular because of the social media and the media and, and the mainstream media not because he, he's reached out to many people i i want i want to think that all this you know we're discussing nitty-gritties of, of something that we got wrong yes. in the first place okay. you know the, the entire process is flawed with mistakes uh, yeah. uh, and fairnesses or at initial so we don't need to even start discussing the likes of Katumba and uh, you just don't want to discuss that in the Ugandan context so you just don't want to discuss that in a process that was likely seen as cute in a process that was likely seen as um, I mean uh, very hard to deliver the, the, the will of the people I think so, that so, would be derailing us so are we in, a, in an election but without intention of getting results out of the election. Is that what you're trying to say? Because because if we cannot discuss presidential candidates, then there is nothing to discuss. I think that, that what could be discussed is the process through which we get the presidential candidates, okay. which process I've been able to point out to as likely skewed, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, very, very ambiguous. And the process that we got wrong right from the onset. So I, I think us discussing a particular person that we expect to be uh, to be delivered within a particular process, which process is likely had, would be uh, asking uh, thinking in a vacuum of uh, I think we need uh, we need we need a president, but we can determine the rightful process that can deliver that person. And I think that is where the discussion ultimately got from. We know we've been in Uganda, we've covered these elections. Amashambo, you've been observing these elections. At least you can get to tell what gets to happen. Like in our elections, we know what gets to happen. So you don't want to you don't want to play blind to the rules or to the different things that are happening within the typical Uganda election. So you've been seeing the different things happen. I was disappointed when I saw um, when I saw these different members trying to trying to explain to the electoral commission that hey look these rules are very hard for us to implement mm-hmm. and the electoral commission was saying we will still move ahead and organize these elections. I think these elections were not in the best interests of the Ugandans, okay. or they shouldn't be in the best interests of the Ugandans given the context. Okay. Now, moving away from that discussion, we are going to now speak security and its responsibility in the electoral roadmap. We shall also be speaking to the responsibility of the citizen, but also partly the electoral commission in this process. Uh, In the past week, we have been seeing a lot of violence cropping up on both from the security but also from the side of the of, of the young people. What 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 does this show about the, the democracy of Uganda? It largely shows to me it's uh, it, it largely speaks to three or four things and I'll be able to point these out. One, it largely speaks to a nation that has not been able to learn from its past. And I'll expand that later. It likely speaks to the different demands, okay, of the different uh, sects of the public. Um, uh, the ones that feel have been listened to by the regime and those that feel they've been completely ignored by the regime, among many others. Uh, and I think that it likely speaks to where we are going doom for uh, the future of a nation that has likely been uh, shattered uh, in the in the past by uh, armed conflict and uh, uh, politics and politics of intrigue. To me, it speaks to a nation that hasn't been able to learn from its past mistakes. And I think this is the time we should start praying. You see, the point at which journalists just wishes to say that um, I think we need to resort to prayer. Uh, that is the point at which we get to be at. Uh, I think that is where we're headed to and I really, really want to think that this is the time that we should uh, that the citizens of Uganda 
uh, need a new contract, they need a new social contract with the policy makers, we need that dialogue, and if dialogue doesn't get to happen, I fear for what may happen in the future. Hmm, interesting. Uh, I wonder how uh, that dialogue will happen. But um, what is, you see, we, we've been seeing a lot of uh, actions, both from security but also on the side of, of the citizen uh, very innocent people losing their lives uh, maybe because some people have tagged it to the interests uh, of, of politicians and also other people have tagged it to security but particularly here I want to question you on, on the responsibility of of security in such a situation what what does security have to do yeah um again i again we, we, when we go back to the law mm. and in, 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 in direction with, with the process that i likely pointed out towards problematic at the initial uh the constitution now says that it's the election commission it's the electoral commission that is supposed to be in charge elections right yes. so the electoral commission would be calling elections would be calling these different stakeholders okay to be able to to be able to pander to the guidelines that were issued out the electoral commission ultimately ought to be in charge mm. what has been seen is a situation that seems to presuppose that maybe the election the electoral commission is a uh, is not taking the back seat and letting someone else take uh, take control of the elections, which process we thought that the electoral commission should be money over. I know that the electoral commission could certainly be able to call the shots and uh, I mean through security or call call on security to be able to enforce some of these things. But what so seems to happen is. Uh, that the electoral commission seems to be decapitated. It seems not to be having the power to determine and call the shots in a process that they likely should man over. That pointed out, at least I am not blind to the fact that uh, the state has its fundamental obligation of protecting its citizens' rights. I know that pretty well, and that is why we get uh, like sometimes we get to give credit where it's due. I think the Ugandan government had performed pretty well in seeing that it protects its people through the different measures that they took, at least at the genesis of COVID-19 in Uganda. I, I really want to commend the government on that. I mean, one of the things that I usually don't say on a quotidian. And then look, going forward, you see an electoral commission, uh, the electoral commission coming to say we're going to have an election. They declare the guidelines, okay? The guidelines are declared, and which guidelines are hard to be able to want to be able to I mean, campaign in a process that likely calls for them. So, security in itself is something that in, it's good, but then it's, it likely speaks to uh, uh, the independence and the integrity of it. Who gets to call the shots? Uh, there is a question that I asked uh, one of the people in the news early this week. Uh, I was listening to the president. I was listening to the head of security speaking at uh, the media center the other time, and then uh, I was asking myself: Is it only the state that has the ability to provoke its people, or the people? Uh, uh, is it only the people that have the ability to provoke the state that the state never provokes its people? You know, okay. but then the answer ultimately lies in the fact who are in who has the ability or who has the who has monopoly over violence. So for me, I think already... I, I, I think um, both the people and, and security have the ability to to provoke each other. On the other hand, okay. because when when you look at Mr. Chagulani um, from Ruero to his destination in West Nile um, having young people all gathered in such a situation running after him and he does not have the courtesy to say 
this is a dangerous thing for us and so we need to disperse Mr. Chagulanyi actually this is one of the things that I've been asking myself Mr. Chagulanyi always said that he has the social media he is in control of social media and I am wondering why he's not using that power he's not using the energy of social media as much as he should be using it he is using it at a certain point but he's not using it as much as he has chosen to maybe intentionally go against the rules is it so um, I was having a chat with Mwen yesterday. She said that what Jagulani is doing is uh, more or getting a rope and uh, giving it to the government for government to hang him. Yes. You know, uh, I want to agree. I want to agree ultimately. But see, look, there is something that I really didn't want to speak about. I mean, but I think it anyway. You see, Selective application of values. Yes. That is something I said in my first, in my debut on the show. Okay. Selective application of the rules and the guidelines. With so footage, I was editing. I was editing that script and I had to ask for that footage of um, members putting on a certain color yes. in Karamoja. Yes. They are carrying out a position. Yes. I think it was also tele, uh, televised, I think you saw her, but you were reporting sure. live and then you saw members of uh, a certain party yes. trying to make a procession in around the Karamoja region, alright? Yes. Police wasn't touching them, alright? We can remember a certain party was also organi- uh, organized its party primaries mm. where where they we, we had to see people lining up behind the backs of others, alright? And, uh, the police, and, and, and the members or the leaders of the particular party were calling upon, were reminding police, mm. okay, mm. to 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 ensure that they they implement the rules, uh, the standard operating procedures. Mm. The selective application of values will always bring you such uh, will always bring you such results mm. that some members will feel like will feel like they are disadvantaged okay. okay and they will also try in a way to provoke you mm. through doing what you do okay to see whether the security don't you think Mr. will get to uh, I mean uh, behave the same way so I think mm. this is something that we, we could refer to as a state inspired violence right? don't you think Mr. Mseveni has an excuse to say that for him he does not call uh, um, his supporters to gather around him. Actually, most of the time when he's starting his address, he tells people to forgive him for not stopping and standing on top of his vehicle to wave at them. Don't you think he has that excuse? Which others don't because they keep on calling crowds close to them. Not to make a case for Mr. Seven, though. It's, it's said that your discussion with uh, uh, veteran uh, Andrew Mwenda, he said that what Mr. Chagulani is doing is to get a rope, give it to the state and, and hang him and I am reminded of uh, some people who think that uh, the riots that were happening 
in the country for the last week are organized riots rather than um, actions from from the citizenry do you do you believe these are either organized or this is an uprising from the citizens you see even if even if they could be i mean financed all right mm. you as a state leader all right yes. as a state leader you should be able to avoid those instances all right okay you need to be able to uh, avoid any situation that could act as a spark all right to uh to give leeway to a particular person that wants to sponsor or incite violence okay. in your territory all right that is at the strategic level of a leader all right mm-hmm. so i believe in the uh, i believe in the prowess and uh, the intelligence and uh, all the heat and everything that spans within the confines of the head of state of my country mm-hmm. who is also the, com- the command of the armed forces in this country i think he has the ability to be able to detect through intelligence that this could certainly be happening right so the bigger principle in this is not that it was organized or not that it was financed by external parties you mm. need to deny them a way you need to deny them the spark that could give them a way to mm. uh, have their action it to succeed okay. so that is at the strategic level going back to what he was you know um, i was also watching citizen tv the other time this guy uh news guy they were discussing the politics in uganda and you want to take a closer look at the same you see uh linus kai kai said that the president joe museveni is a senior politician right the senior uh, uh politician that has been at this game for longer you understand either way like if you want to you want to believe that it's true all right and that is from his lenses i don't want to say that i aligned the same but this is what he said he said that he is a senior you know politician then what makes uh why why does he have to make all this kind of violence and pain to his people when he knows that he'll ultimately win the election you understand okay you understand so you are senior you are sure you have the resources you have the numbers you have the majority parliament and either way you'll get the same why do you need to make up violence to the people that so, are in your country when you when you ultimately have everything by your side mm. you understand so i think i think we should not look at whether it's state inspired or whether it's external funded yeah. after all after all we know fact that i mean recently the world bank approved a uh, uh, a loan to uganda 300 uh, 300 million us dollars and uh, you will see that uh, close to uh, 240 240 is credit is credit finance 240 million us dollars and uh, the remaining 60 million us dollars is just to go to refugees it's a grant so uganda's external policy uh, uganda's external policy it's open door policy to the refugees makes it quite easier for it to show that the bigger burden of the refugees that emanate from the democratic republic of congo mm. so you want to you want to say that even well they try to point out to uh this violence that it, it has been sponsored by external parties while they point one finger to them that they think are uh, external funded the four are also facing them you know so to me uh, the principle is whether it has been organized okay mm. by the citizens or whether it has been uh, whether it has been externally funded all right we shouldn't see there is no space of violence and what we saw in Uganda this week in a free uh, democratic uh, in a multi-party kind of one dispensation which doesn't have any space it's, it's barbaric it's obnoxious it's something you don't want to definitely see and i believe that the president just like you have already argued but he's a strong man right mm. let him just organize a free and fair election where he will actually win mm. so there would absolutely be no need for for, for the violence that mm. we saw 
let's avoid as Ugandan states instances of provoking uh, let the, uh, provoking states uh, or the, the state authorities and the state machinery to make out their violence on us but also the state should also be cognizant of provoking its people to also do this sort of you know absolutely and and uh, you see there are some things that really hurt me so much things like uh police brutality and all but also i i get more hurt when i see ugandans against ugandans a young lady is trying to find a source of income but because she looks like she comes from a certain part of the country they put fire onto her small shop and because another lady is putting on a certain color maybe not because they support that party but you beat her up and you ask her to undress in such situations don't you think that we are losing the bargain don't you think don't you think that we are losing the the struggle as some people have have termed it um there is an element of uh, fact checking that should indeed be embedded within our newsroom yes i saw security mm. operatives mm. who are not putting on uniform yeah. okay yeah. they are in what we call layer yes hot and court yes and having guns okay mm. and these different corridor talks that never get to find the light of day in the daily scripts that we submit in the things that we do broadcast mm. i mean you want to think that if someone can make a soldier put on these layman clothes and they are having a gun and moving in broad daylight in the city right what then makes you think that the state cannot plant people okay to be able to make out violence to other people mm. as well this is being captured on camera mm. such that they could be able to create diversion all right over is, is the it years, opinion that not 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 that it happens here and i'm not saying it happens here right i'm trying to provide for the smallest degree of uh, deviation all right we are leaders in Africa who have mastered the art not only the art of violence okay but also the art of destruction or the, 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 the art of uh, diversion and diversions and destructions so one wants to create a narrative that this was happening to give justification okay or to validate the actions that were done by the military you understand you don't want someone that will come out and say we are just sorry one wants to give credence to what they were able to do i think none of us has the moral ground under such instances now i see the government spokesperson saying that all these things happen so you are blaming someone who has undressed someone for putting on quote unquote a yellow color all right all right you want to blame them okay but you're going to leave not only yellow but not only yellow even red and blue any other color you understand so you don't want to take that narrative you want to you want you want to assume that uh, the leaders uh, what this country needs at this time is leadership and guidance right none nothing apart from that you see uh, i lost a, i lost a, a friend uh, i lost a friend in, in this violence uh, what do you want me to think at this time when this person was just not engaged in this i mean strife for violence but they lost their life uh, their life so i think it it it, it it's largely the responsibility of uh, the citizens but also the responsibility of the military to see that they cannot uh, to see that they do not get to uh, i mean i think these are people you can likely talk to at least in the ugandan context i likely think that we've not had uh, that violence that's and you hear police with 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 the speaker saying people back it i've never had it the only thing you see is tear gas all right there, there was uh, an incident there was an incident um before mr chagulani was arrested i think in uh, 
I don't remember where the place is. There was there was a policeman with the with the speaker and trying to speak to them, and then there was no attention at all. What happened with Mr. Chagulani was the preventive arrest. He wasn't even allowed to speak a word at that particular moment. This is before one. he was arrested. The day before, or two, I think. You see, Daniel sent this footage a little earlier, mm-hmm. and he is on the trail, so that I would be able to tell you that um, I think I think that there, there could be. You may have to review. You may have to review that uh, Daniel sent him the footage a little earlier because there is less that goes on there. <laughs> Um, less goes on air than what we actually receive so uh, we just can't televise some of this footage there but just know that uh, what happens maybe we do not know the military procedures but this is the first stage then you you, you uh, escalate when when the violence escalates you go to this but i think uh, our military goes ahead and makes our, our utmost violence or gets to put the biggest i mean they act with a lot of vigor, even where you could see it's absolutely unnecessary. It is heartening. The numbers are now standing at 58. 58 uh, uh, in just a space of two to three days. You know, COVID-19 has been able to kill around 15 people in just two months. Um, they're not quite sure of the numbers, not quite sure of the numbers, but the numbers that we've lost over the last the past three months, okay? Owing to COVID-19, have been surpassed by in just these two days. The total number of deaths now is at 100 and uh, something, 150, I think, 140 about there. It's 140. You've already passed by. You've already passed by the uh, 50 months. Just two days. What? 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 What future does this speak to? Like, which? What does this spell? I mean, I mean, uh, optimism for our country. I don't think it does. So, um, just away from that, and uh, following Mr. Jagulani's arrest, uh, some presidential candidates have pulled out of the race until further notice. They say they stopped their campaign, uh, Mr. Shamontu, uh, General Tumukunde, and I think also um, Nobat Mao also has stopped his campaign. Uh, Poa is released from from uh, prison or from the cells and he says that for him he has embarked on his campaign again. What does the action from the those who have pulled out of the race, what, what does it show to the politics? Um, I think it has, uh, you see some things are just a blessing in disguise, you know. Uh, while the government was proudly handed over a rope to hang Mr. Chagulani. It also handed a potent um, a, a kind of weapon, or it, it kindly uh, handed over cement to the Ugandan political opposition to uh, to look at themselves not as adversaries, but people who are facing a common, you know, uh, quote-unquote. Um, you, you want to assume that the Ugandan opposition likely needed that like yesterday because there have been many calls for a joint uh, candidate for the opposition in Uganda to be uh, the incumbent so uh, I want to think that this has likely turned out as an opportunity for the Ugandan political opposition to mm. to to, uh, to find areas that can be able to cooperate, mm. or even maybe further the discussions of a joint opposition candidate mm. that can be on that ballot paper to face uh, the incumbent who seems to be stronger, as said by many of the people, as said by many of the political pundits. So I want to think that this was a large opportunity for them, and indeed I would commend what was done. I do that not as a journalist, but I do that as a Ugandan, as someone that wishes well for a multi-party system, as someone that is um, uh, that likely thinks that democracy is the way to go, and uh, someone that condemns violence that we've seen in this past week. So the Ugandan political position ought to go that way, and it ought not to have waited until this particular point yeah. to have the discussions of a joint opposition candidate. So, so this is your 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 opinion is 
that uh, yeah. the, the light is brighter for us to have a joint candidate someday. Yeah, I think I think I think uh, I think yeah, uh, I think in the same line that uh, it would have been absolutely desirable. It was desirable like yesterday to have a joint uh, uh, opposition candidate. Uh, maybe this is going to be a point in which or a point at which they are going to sit back and reflect and see the missed opportunities, okay, in not having a joint opposition candidate. Mm. Because I think when we combine and throw all this weight of different political parties on the opposition side and throw it, uh, uh, I mean, and you throw it behind one person, trust me, the odds would have actually been at no better. But what are we seeing? We are going to see the longest ballot paper in the Ugandan history. Um, 11 is going to be like a booklet, uh, which is which is going, which is something that will refer to as the ears of democracy. That's the price that we need to pay for uh, the myopic Maybe it is the price we have to pay for, for accepting democracy, because it, it is it is the right of everybody to like you actually started that it is the right of everybody to be a presidential candidate and to hope to have hope to be leaders of this country. Okay, if we if if the biggest democracies that we are seeing world over can be able to present only two presidential candidates, yes. then then uh, a young democracy like Uganda gets to um, I mean pride in having 11 when 60 people picked uh, in the presidential nomination on 60. So if you're seeing the biggest democracies, the old democracies like the US having only two presidential candidates, then a young democracy, which I doubt is a democracy ultimately, um, but that can be discussion of some other day, um, having uh, 11 presidential candidates, then you get to get to, to, to I think other countries should be laughing at us, should be laughing at Uganda. Or oh, they should be proud of Uganda that we are at this game it's, more than we are. <laughs> no, I think I think they should be laughing. They should be laughing at what gets to happen. Um, so before we got onto the show, I watched a very short video of young people who say they are from different political parties and they were speaking against um, the act of violence and uh, violent uh, riots. Do you think that that is a positive on the side of uh, activism of young people? The role of the young people in the democracy or in the democratic fabric of Uganda is uh, is the one that we can say cannot go unmentioned. And I think uh, owing to the to to, to the demographic that we are get, the demographics that we get to look at right now over over something like 65 or even 75 percent of the young people being uh, of the entire population in Uganda being of the young people you can get to then think that uh, this is the this is their time to be able to take on the political mantle uh, to even buy for the highest office in the land uh, I think activism in the typical Ugandan context, is something that has not been so much sound not until a particular candidate okay came on the political scene of uganda many people have now realized that i think it's important for us to take part in active politics because politics is so much uh, it's so serious a business to be left for politicians uh, you want to give it to the leader someone that has the goodwill to be able to the country. So I think that what the young people are doing in this particular election, if the if the if the statistics will ever come out right, that's if at all we will get the belief in them, you'll see that many young people will have voted for this particular for this particular election. So I think the young people should take on the political mantle. They should take up these spaces. They should be able to go and vote and be voted for because that is ultimately what democracy actually speaks. So mm-hmm. you want to think that the young people have a role to play, and that role should not be uh, for uh, should not be uh, wantonly disregarded in this particular election. So I think it's commendable, and they should. 
do so in the confines of the law. They should respect the law. They shouldn't talk of security. They should do everything peacefully. They should go and vote for the leaders of their choice. Okay? Don't hack one another because uh, the tree of democracy cannot be watered by blood. We, we don't want to see our country go back to where it was like yeah, the, I mean, something like 35 years back. You don't want to see country we don't want to see our country go back to that and that is a clarion for today's morning okay uh finally but not the least give your parting shots but also your recommendations to the whole situation in the country well uh, uh i think that um, we exist as a single bottom line it does not help to see young people die you don't, we've learned over the time that the head of state of our country is a soldier and he took power through the use of gun. And you want to believe that maybe he's sustaining himself into power through the use of a gun. So someone that has used the gun to take over power will ultimately use the gun to keep around. So the best alternative for you as someone that has not used a gun before or someone that wishes to see change, but change in a peaceful way, you don't want to uh, allow or give him a chance to use that gun onto you, right? Uh, I've heard many people say that we have a one Uganda and we don't want to burn it because when we burn it, we ultimately go with it. But it's like... A slave uh, who has been taken into captivity saying that I will burn the the field of my master, you'll go down with it. So by and large, you you don't want to give uh, the head of state of this country his best dish, okay? You don't want to allow him feast on you. You want to do everything that you can to remain alive because... I think if the odds serve us right and if God is still with us, you will certainly get the chance of seeing him go, but he cannot get the chance of seeing Uganda go down, right? So I think we should be peaceful. We should uh, we should take the back seat and wait for the election day. Go, vote our best candidates, right? As the light follows the day, as the night follows as the day follows the night, we'll see him go. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Kim Wampamba, for making your time. But also, I want to use this opportunity to thank our listeners for being with us every time we are on the show. We are the Button Press Show, and we thank you very much for always making time. I look at a country where we shall have uh, a governance system that best fits us. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Mushambo Kinyoro Henry. Please follow us on our social media uh, platforms at The Button Press Show. Thank you and God bless you.